Welcome to episode 22 of your mom's favorite podcast, Unchecked Baggage. Hey, everybody. I'm sitting across from my much smaller, but still just as beautiful co-host, Lena. Thank you. You're welcome. Hmm. Too bad that doesn't unbutton. That's false advertising. But anyway, she's wearing a sweater with buttons on it that don't unbutton. So um, this week's episode hits pretty close to home. It's on body image and the importance of loving yourself. Mm-hmm. We will talk about some causes of people having negative body image, what you can do about it, and if it's changed over the years. Good. So, babe. Yeah? You want to tell the listeners uh, what you just went through? Sure. Uh, I mean, we did allude to it, I think, a couple episodes ago, but um, I guess, let's see. I don't know where to start. Um, Usually the beginning is good, like when you was a baby in the womb. (laughs) I don't think everyone wants my entire life story. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I, I just had major cosmetic surgery. I had a mommy makeover, which can be different for different women. But for me, what that meant is that I had what uh, the procedure is called a lower body lift. Um, that is also sometimes called a circumferential tummy tuck. It's basically like a tummy tuck on steroids. Um And then um, I had muscle repair because uh, usually most women that will get a tummy tuck procedure, if they've had babies, they also have muscle repair because when you have babies, it actually um, separates your muscles, um, your stomach muscles. So got that repaired. Um, I got some lipo on my back and on my sides. And I also uh, got a breast reduction and a lift. (laughs) I know you weren't happy about it, but you're going to be really happy with the results once everything is normal and I, I don't have these Franken boobies anymore. I kind of like the Franken boobies. <laughs> All right. And uh, I just want to say if my mom ever decides to start listening to the podcast again, thank you, mom. She's too old to figure out how to use uh, it. No, she just uh, hasn't been listening, but. Um, thanks mom for taking care of me. My, my mother has been living with us since, uh, I had the surgery and has been taking really, really good care of me. She has helped me shower when I couldn't do it by myself. She's helped me, uh, eat. <laughs> she's <laughs> been cooking. She's been cleaning. She's been doing everything. What does so. it say about her podcast? If your own mom doesn't listen to us. How can we get other people to listen? I know, right? Okay, I'll have to, I'll have to get her on on board again. Um, she just isn't a big podcast person, but anyway, um, thanks, mom. For me, this was a really big decision. Um, I, I mean, really, cosmetic surgery is a big decision, no matter who you are. Um, not only was it a lot of money, but it was also a really big surgery. Yeah, I can't retire now. I have to work five <laughs> more years. Uh, and also, and, and with surgery, of course, comes risk, which I know you were really worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was contemplating doing this, I would talk to people about it, and they would say, "You know, don't do that. You're perfect how you are. You know, et cetera, et cetera." But they aren't living in my body. I am. I know the people in my life; they love me, and I love them. But they don't understand the toll it takes on you mentally to try to be a healthy person and not see the actual results in the mirror. But, okay, well, that's, I don't think you were that good because you are, even though you were technically whatever you conceive yourself to be overweight, you're still, you're healthy. Yeah, yeah, I've been really healthy. That's actually what I was going to uh, talk 
talk about because for years, really decades, I've lived a relatively healthy life. I'll go through spurts of being like more dedicated and sometimes, you know, like and less dedicated other times where, you know, sometimes I go through periods where I'm counting calories, I'm hitting the gym, I'm sometimes working out with a trainer. And then during those times, I'll always lose some weight, but there's actually no amount of weight loss that will repair certain things about my body or, or that would do that. And, and I'm actually very, a very healthy person, but you couldn't see it from the outside. I mean, I know that health and looks are two things that often get conflated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think people looked at me and said, oh, that's a healthy person. Um, so here are some examples of my stellar health. Let me hear it. I've got bullet points. My blood work, when I get my annual physical, it's always perfect. I don't have any high cholesterol or diabetes or any problems that would show up on a blood work analysis. So I eat healthy and work out and that all stays in check. Um, When my body composition was measured a few years ago, whenever I went to this clinic, I actually had at that point in time, I was lifting a lot of weights at that point and I had 123 pounds of muscle. My muscle actually weighs more than a lot of grown ass women. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I think that comes from genetics. Plus, I've almost always been physically active to differing degrees. Um, I've suffered with depression a lot of my life. So there have been some few or or been a few down spots where I fell off the health wagon. But for the most part, I'm pretty active for a middle-aged woman with a desk job. You think the depression and the weight go hand in hand? Or would you have depression anyway? For me, they go hand in hand. It's not the weight doesn't cause the depression, but the depression causes the weight. So I'll, you know, if I if I get really really down, then I uh, then I stop working out and eat then more. I eat more. Yeah, comfort myself with food. Just it's not it's not good. So then I'll I'll gain weight and then I have to get it back in check again. Um, and this one is going to sound weird, but a few years ago when I had to go to a chiropractor, so this was before my back surgery. Um, a few years ago, the chiropractor, he had me do this test where he tested my grip strength. <laughs> and I don't remember what the score was. I got to test your grip strength, babe. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said that he had never had a woman score that high. And it was actually higher than a lot of men. So I can see that. I mean, all that to say, I mean, I'm like a big woman. So I think that leads me to be stronger probably than a lot of women. Um, but you know, not to go just like on and on about how awesome I am, but I just want it noted that I'm not just like a slug of a person that's trying to make, you know, or trying to take the easy way out by surgering my way to a beautiful body. I've worked really fucking hard to maintain a decent level of fitness while also having a really busy, productive life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a career, I have four children, I own a home, I have a marriage, I have friends, hobbies. I don't think you have any friends. I do too. Okay. So I'm sure I could definitely be more fit, but I think overall I'm juggling the life things pretty well along with my, my health and fitness. Um, and about 11 or 12 years back, I actually had gastric sleeve surgery to help with my weight. Um, it did help a little bit, um, but I didn't lose as much as a lot of people do. Um, it definitely kept my appetite more in check and it kept me from gaining more weight. But even that didn't give me the results I was hoping for. I just have an 
absolutely terrible metabolism. It's like total trash. I, mean, I don't know what I did in a past life to deserve this shit metabolism, but I'm definitely getting paid back for it in this life. You're probably a supermodel back in the 30s or something. Must have been, and I must have been mean to people. I used to think that maybe I just ate so much more than the regular person, but I really don't. I use an app right now called Noom, and it's really good, by the way, if, if anyone is looking to lose some weight or just keep your um, keep some healthy eating habits. It, it really helps. Um, but I use it every day, and it's actually really easy to stay within my calories because I'm eating about what I would typically eat anyway. It just guides me into making healthier choices on the types of food that I eat. And it keeps me from consuming excess calories, like from alcohol. Um, And it also keeps me away from like um, late night eating because I'll I'll know that I've already had my calories for the day. But um, anyway, wine is usually my weakness. But I was actually much more obese when I was in my 20s. Um, So like during those baby making years, and I rarely ever drank at that time in my life. I mean, I would go literal years without even having a drink. Having babies in the house, you know, that's just really not conducive to drinking. So I can't blame my overweightness on alcohol either. It's really just a really very slow metabolism. Yeah, there's not really much you can do about that. Mm-mm. And I mean, you can, I mean, like you can work out and I mean, you've seen the results whenever I, I really get into working out and eating right and stuff. I definitely lose weight, but it, mm-hmm. I think it takes me a lot more effort than it does like someone like you. I mean, you're really fit. You go to the gym all the time. And so you do work hard to maintain your physique, but um, I mean, you basically eat whatever you want Yeah, but whenever you want. In the last few years, I've had to stop that. Yeah, and I think that just that's just probably your metabolism is probably slowing down a little yep. bit since you're getting a little bit advanced 60. in age. Sixty, <laughs> almost. Um, like just to let the audience know here, you, you'll sit and eat candy bars before bed at night on a very regular basis. You haven't done it as much lately, right. but like, like when we first got together, yeah. you were a candy eating machine. That's what I'm saying. Now, if I do that now, I'll gain two pounds when I wake <laughs> up in the morning. So. But even when I'm going to the gym every day, if I did that, I would gain weight fast, like way faster than what you you gain. And that just goes to show that different bodies do different things. And it's actually really helped me to be married to you being a fit person because I realized that the excess weight on my body isn't all my fault. So it's helped to kind of alleviate some of the guilt that I used to feel about it. And it's really just, I think, a result of the genetic lottery. I mean, sure, I could change my lifestyle completely and count every single calorie and macro until the day I die and would be able to maintain a reasonable weight. That'd be boring. Yeah. Who the hell wants to live like that? I like eating a pretty healthy diet and working out on a regular basis because it makes me feel better. But I don't want to take or I don't want to make fitness my entire life. Like, I don't want to be obsessed over it. I've got other things that I really want to think about and do and experience and accomplish. Mm -hmm. Anyway, all that to say, with my genetics, plus having four kids, two of them were twins, there are things that will just never go back into place, no matter how hard I work out or how much weight I lose. There's no amount of cardio that can make excess skin go away. Once that skin has been stretched out and then, you know, you lose the weight, the skin's still stretched out and no amount of lifting weights can pull your boobs back up after, (laughs) after you've nursed children. Mm -hmm. And after all these years, like lots of therapy and introspection, I don't even really feel the need to be a skinny person. I just wanted everything back 
where it belonged. Um, I've had a tummy pouch or pooch for like over 25 years when I had my first child. I would work out, work out, work out, and it never went away. My plastic surgeon said that everything he removed from the front was actually just loose skin, and you could not fitness your way out of loose skin. Nope, you cannot. Mm -mm. And I, I know that to a lot of people, a surgery like this is a very drastic measure. And believe me, I didn't go into it lightly. I did a lot of research for a couple of years before finally deciding to pull the trigger. So since this episode is about body image, I thought that you guys, or that I thought that I'd, I'd take you guys through the development of my body image, um, kind of how it came to be what it is or what it was and what it is now and why I ended up deciding to have the surgery. And I know that other people have different experiences than me. So this is just my personal experience, but I, I think a lot of people will be able to relate. Yeah. They will. Um, and we also did some research, of course, cause that's what we do. Rob, do you want to talk about some of the research that you did here? Yeah. So the first thing I did when I decided I want to do this episode, um, was to see if there was a, a good Kim Kardashian, because I figured, you know, a lot of this started with her. Did I, it? Well, kind of. Well, some of it. So I, I call this the Kim K effect. I don't know if this is actually a scientific term or not, but I'm going to say <laughs> it is. So I found an article from news.com. It's called An Unattainable Figure Made Popular by the Kardashians Has Been Criticized in a Study That Found Kim's Photos Fuel Negative Body Image. Mm. So, so people look at the pictures online and they feel worse about themselves. Right. And she's been under fire for even with the body that she paid for to get, she still photoshops it to make it look better. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's called the slim thick where you have uh, a large butt, a flat stomach, a slim waist, and large breasts and large thighs. Yeah. Usually a body you can't get naturally. Right. There, there's a very small percentage of women that can, that look like that naturally. And if you look at her photos when she was young, you can tell that the body she has now is not the body that most of that is, is not real. Mm-hmm. And, and her so, body yeah. was beautiful before. Yeah. So that, and so people see that and they want to look like that. So then you started seeing the bigger people getting big butt lifts, bigger butts, Brazilian you know, butt lift, and then the taking thing. ribs out to make themselves skinnier or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to call that the Kim K effect. Because yes. she's very popular, has a lot of followers on Instagram. So, so yeah, at this particular moment in time, that slim, thick physique is what's popular. But throughout the years, there's always been a certain physique that's considered perfect. Mm-hmm. And there are always just a relative handful of women that can meet whatever that perfect body type is at the time. So like if you look back to, let's go all the way back to the 1950s. At that point, it was like the curvy bombshell type like Marilyn Monroe. That's my favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was gorgeous. And then in the 60s, it went to like the total opposite where it was like the stick thin type like Twiggy. If that was a, 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 a model at the time. And actually from that point on, some version of thin has remained popular. Um, in the 70s, thin was still popular, but a bit more busty like Farrah Fawcett. Or Linda Carter. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then in the 80s, that's actually when the term supermodel was invented. And everyone at for the 80s was expected to be tan and tall and athletic. Right. Yep. Then, just when you thought the ideal body type couldn't get any skinnier, the 90s ushered in the heroine chic look with Kate Moss as the most popular supermodel of the time. So at each one of these points in time, the media has just bombarded people with images of whatever that moment's per- 
particular perfect body type is. I'm sure that men go through this to a certain degree, but I can only speak to my experience as a woman. Yeah, because even on TV, uh, like in the 70s, let's go back to the 70s, the action stars then, so Mm -hmm. that would be Burt Reynolds. He had a normal, regular body. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then in the 80s, you had Rocky. He was muscular, but you also had John Cloud. Well, I guess John Cloud was muscular, but they wasn't like the guys know that that is something that's hard to obtain because some of that steroid, some of that's HGH or whatever, mm-hmm. and karate or that. But then you got Bruce Willis, yeah, who was technically an action star, and he had a normal body. That's what I was going to say is that. I don't think it's ever been quite as bad for men because you see all the time on television and movies for decades that you can have a guy that's just very average looking, mm-hmm. surrounded by women that are just like drop dead gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So I don't. So think the that, stereotypical women were in the movies, but mm-hmm. the guys were just a lot of them were just normal. Yeah, and and it's just uh, definitely a double standard when it comes to men versus women there. And, and so if there's only one type of woman that you're seeing on TV and in magazines, then that's what gets ingrained in you as the perfect body, what you're supposed to look like. And I can tell you, it was hard growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, and being the exact opposite of the ideal body type. Even as a teenager, before ever having kids, I was a large person. I was extremely athletic at that point. So I had these massive muscular thighs. And by high school, I was five foot seven. I was wearing a size 11 shoe. And I think my bra size was like a 38 double D. Um, Looking back, I wish I could have, (laughs) like, I wish I could have that teenage body back again. Mm. But when I was an actual teenager, I felt so bad about myself. Like most teenagers do. And it's terrible because I, I, I was, to be honest, I was gorgeous, Yeah. Um, but I didn't see it. I've seen your pictures. Boys, for the most part, they were not interested in me. They wanted the short girls that weighed like 90 or 100 pounds. And if they were blonde, that was even better. So that's just another thing that weighed on my confidence, just knowing that I wasn't attractive to the opposite sex. Now... Why I even cared about being attractive to the opposite sex at that point in my life is probably a whole other story that we probably won't be able to get into in this episode unless we wanted to break it up into a two-parter. And this show isn't my therapy session, so I'll probably just leave my daddy issues out of this. We can make that daddy issues thing an episode later. I'm sure there's a lot of that going around, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll just kind of stick to how society affects people's body, body image. Anyway, I I think that things regarding body image are getting a little bit better right now in some ways. There's the body positive movement nowadays, which is trying to allow people to be comfortable in their own skin or encourage people to be comfortable in their own skin. An article that I found from verywellmind.com called Body Positivity Versus Body Neutrality, it says, quote, Body positivity is a social worldwide movement focusing on equality and acceptance for all body types and sizes. One of the goals is to challenge how our society, particularly all forms of media, presents and views the physical human body, end quote. It's basically a movement that's trying to make sure that all types of bodies are accepted and valued, not just the perfect body du jour Now, like with everything, there are debates on the validity and helpfulness of this movement. Some critics say that it helps to promote unhealthy lifestyle choices. But you know what? Fat does not necessarily equal unhealthy. That's true. Like we were talking about earlier. I've always been considered obese, and I have always been very healthy. I'm technically obese, too. 
if you just go by the numbers that they put out for you to be. Yeah, those numbers definitely need to be revisited because you are far from an obese person. And it's just, I mean, you've got, all they do is take your height and your weight and give you a number. And that that means that you're obese and stupid because you've got a lot of muscle. So um, I actually still am. I mean, like considered obese. I'm I'm still right on the edge of obesity, and even after my surgery. And like I mentioned earlier, I've been very healthy throughout my life. So I honestly think that the critics probably just need to shut up and let people people's health be between them and their doctors. And then adjacent to the body positivity movement is what they call body neutrality. From the same article. Quote, body neutrality was coined after the body positivity movement began to curb the extreme criticism associated with body positivity and fat acceptance. The term was coined around 2015 as bloggers, celebrities, and intuitive eating coaches helped promote this movement to steer away from the link between physical appearance and self-worth. Body neutrality promotes accepting your body as is and recognizing its remarkable abilities and non-physical characteristics instead of the physical appearance. So I can really get behind this idea too, because it focuses on what your body can do and not how it looks. Yeah. And to piggyback on what you said about people being overweight, being healthy, um, I used to always think somebody was overweight was obviously over eight. Yeah. And was probably, you know, had diabetes and high blood pressure and all that, but that's not necessarily true. Yeah. And I think that probably comes from the fact that you come from a relatively small family. Relatively small. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like. Compared we, to your gigantic family, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you don't have a lot of obese people I can think of in your family. And so uh-huh. you weren't exposed to that. So you just like knew the stereotypes. It's called perfect genes. Well, shut up. <laughs> Have you ever seen any fat Italians? No, you haven't. Yes. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I got an article from mentalhealth.org.uk. Um, they did a survey. New sur- online surveys were conducted. So this is going to be kind of old by the Mental Health Foundation with YouGov in March of 2019 of 4,505 UK adults, 18 and over, and 1,118 Great Britain teenagers aged 13 and 19, and the results are follows. One in five adults, 20% felt shame. Just over one-third, 34%, felt down or low, and 19% felt disgusted because of their body image in the last year. So add those up. That's 54, 70, basically 75% of people That's a lot. had some kind of problem with their body. Yeah, yeah that's a lot. So sad. Okay, then among teenagers... 37% felt upset and 31% felt ashamed in relation to their body image. So that's 68% in teenagers. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like everybody, just no matter what you are, you want to be something else. Yeah, exactly. Just over one third of adults said they had ever felt anxious, 34% or depressed, 35% because of their body image. So there's 69% right there that either felt anxious or depressed about their body. Yeah. So still... High. Yeah. Okay, then one in eight, 13% adults experience suicidal thoughts or feelings because of concern about the body image. So 13% of people basically wanted to kill themselves because they didn't like the way they looked. That's I would think, terrible. I would, well, I was thinking that was going to be higher, actually. So really? I mean, suicide's pretty serious. I know, but I, but yeah. And because a lot of people look at themselves and think they can't change it, they get teased at school. 
So I, I thought it would be higher than that. So it's actually fairly low. That, well, that's not, I, I don't think that's fairly low at all. I think one in eight adults thinking about suicide just because of their body, I think that's huge. Right. So since we're all part of society, this year's. It was, but you can uh, take it. Go ahead. I've been talking a lot. So <laughs> how can you help to not be part of the problem with someone else's body image? So here's some things not to say. This is not to say it to a big person. Okay, so number one. Do not say these things. Are you sure you want to eat that? Yeah. Okay. Don't say that. No matter what it is, salad, whatever. Okay, you don't say that to somebody that's overweight. And then another thing you say, this is a skinny person or somebody that's not overweight saying to somebody that's overweight, do I look fat? In comparison to what? So you're saying, oh, you gained one pound and look at me, I'm... 75 pounds of weight and you're asking me if you look fat right that's that's the way i feel whenever you're like oh i feel so fat today yeah well i do feel fat sometimes i'm like what you stop it yeah if you feel fat you must think i'm like a big goddamn cow <laughs> no i'm not a cow um number three you're really pretty for a plus size girl yeah okay? no no you're just pretty not for a that's like saying you're really pretty for a hispanic it's the same thing okay you don't say that either you just say you're either pretty or you're not pretty. Okay, yeah. it doesn't matter what size you are. Yeah, I feel like uh, as a plus size person, um, I feel like you are the first man that I've ever been with that just loved all of me. Mm-hmm. All of you. Um, Every single inch. <laughs> right. Um, before that, I feel like my previous two husbands and probably other people that I've dated. Um, thought that I was pretty even though I was overweight but with you you thought I was pretty almost like because of it I did my or... own my own research my own scientific research and I determined that men who uh don't like bigger women have low self-confidence oh I thought you were gonna say that they have uh, and small, small penises, penises too <laughs> but that also that also plays into their low self-confidence yeah okay all right, so another thing not to say is, are you sure you want to wear that? Yeah. Okay. Just, just let people wear what yeah. they want to wear. Who cares? If somebody is confident out. in something, it, then it's none of your business. You know, like sometimes I'll see somebody wearing that, I'm just like, I don't know if you should be wearing this like at Walmart, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and here's another one. Did you lose weight? You look so much better. That is, that's a really bad thing to say to someone. I try to, like, if somebody gains weight or if they lose weight, I try to not comment on weight at all because... Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Because what happens is um, people's weight fluctuates, right? And if they go on a diet and they're doing really, really well in their mind, you know, like working out and doing good and they're eating healthy and everything, and then they lose weight, then they feel good about that. And they feel good when you give them the compliment. However... A year from now, whenever they fall off that wagon and they gain it all back, how do you think that affects their psyche, knowing that everyone definitely values or thinks they're more valuable whenever they're thin? So see, this is a tricky one because if you haven't seen somebody in a while and they have lost weight, you want to you let them know that you can tell they lost weight. So I think it's the way that you say it. Like when somebody sees me and is like, hey, have you been working out? Because you look bigger. I'm not offended by that. Mm, I so, don't think I don't think those are. I think you're comparing apples well, and oranges. But I'm just. But if somebody needs to be acknowledged that that people know they've changed their body type. 
So there has to be a they, way to say it. I don't think it. they do need to be acknowledged. If you're losing weight, you should be doing it for yourself well, and no. not, not for the accolades that you're going to get from other people. I mean, if you're really close with someone and they've been sharing their journey with you, you know, they, and they've been telling you, you know, that, hey, I've been working out and I've been eating right, then you're already in on it and you, and you can comment. I think you can feel free to comment. What if you just say something like you look different? Um. I wouldn't even do that. Just leave people alone. Okay. You know, I mean, like if you're not in on, on their journey, just keep your mouth shut. So here's another one not to say, are you sure you can handle jogging? I'm sure if they couldn't handle jogging, they wouldn't be going jogging. I can't handle jogging. Okay. Or walking, whatever, you know. I can, I can walk. I'm like a, a fucking pack mule. I mean, like I can walk for like hours. You just walk really slow. You walk like a pack mule. Right. I walk like a horse. Yes. <laughs> That's the difference. Yeah, exactly. I just, I mean, I'm slow but steady. I am not a fast person. Okay, so here's another one not to say to a big person. You're a good person, but your weight is a turnoff. Oh, is that like if you're dating, you know? Or whatever, yeah. Yeah, if you're if you're dating someone and you don't find them physically attractive, you can just say it in another way that you don't want to see them anymore. You know, just like, I don't, I don't feel like we have any chemistry. Right. Okay, and then another one is your life would be so much better if you just lost some weight. Well, no. Maybe they're happy where they're at right yeah. now. Maybe their life would be worse if they lost some weight. And even if they're not happy, just shut up. It's none of your business. Okay, so this one here is pretty obvious. All right, this is number nine. This is pretty obvious. You're fat. Yeah. Don't, don't say that. Don't, don't call people okay. fat. That's yeah. rude. Okay, then the last one of this is how did you gain so much weight? Yeah. Why are you asking? I'm surprised you found some of these on a list. Like, who the fuck is saying this to oh, people? Oh, this is what not to say. Oh, but all kinds of people. Because they don't, they're just like, oh, like maybe you saw somebody 20 years ago and in high school and they weighed 100 pounds. Then you see them and they weigh 300 pounds. You say, then you're probably thinking to yourself, how did you lose, how did you gain so much weight? And they want to ask. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then this is just a personal story I'll share. Uh, one time we were having a family function and my daughter Star brought a friend with her. And the friend looked like she was pregnant. And me and my ex-wife were talking back and forth. Like, is she pregnant? Yeah, I don't know. She looks like she's pregnant, blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay, well, let me ask her. So I went up to her and I said, hey, are you pregnant? And she's like, no, I'm not pregnant. So bad choice. never right? even ask. Just wait until a baby comes out. Yeah. I, wait the nine months till a baby comes out. Then you'll know for sure. I have another one to add to this list. Never tell a woman that she's a whole lot of woman. Why? Obvious reason. There was nothing wrong with that. You're saying, okay, this uh, is a story. Then I was talking to Lena one time on the phone, and she asked me. This, this was very, very early on yes, in our dating. She asked me what I thought of her, and I was like. No, I don't think I did. You no, did. You, no, you said. No, I remember oh, the I conversation. Said, okay, you said, do you know what I thought about, about you, you the, the first, first time, time I saw you? you? See, I was even, I teed myself up for this compliment. Right. And I said, man, it's a whole lot of women. But I took it as because, I said it because she was tall. You know, not fat. She took it as she was fat. So mm-hmm. I had to drive all the way to her house. It was like, well, I don't know, like 40 miles. Yeah. Just to apologize. And then we had makeup sex. You. So it was worth it. I, I hung up on him and then I wouldn't answer his calls because yeah. that was the rudest thing anyone But now she knows how I meant it. I do now. Now that I know him and love him, <laughs> I know how to take his comments. <laughs> Anyway, to circle back around to me, since that's largely what this episode has been about. It's all about you. This is why I I picked it. This is, you're the star of the show. All right. Well, I'll tell you quickly, because I know we're, uh, we've already used up a bunch of time. Um, I'll tell you quickly how I got to where I am right now and what, what that means 
for me. Like I said, I definitely had body image issues while growing up. Being such a large person in a small person's world, it was rough. And then having children, both the weight gain, because I gained a lot of weight, back to that really shitty metabolism, um, and then changes to all of my parts and pieces, it really did a number on my psyche. I think that the things that have really helped me over the years, though, to get an overall better state of mind regarding my own body image have been multiple. First, um, I think as I've had successes in my life, I've realized that the way my body looks isn't as important as I used to think it was. I've had successes in my career uh, with parenting, with friendships, with helping people now with my marriage, uh, maybe someday even with this podcast. And I realized that I have a lot to offer the world other than just a pretty face and body. And then number two... Rob, who did not want me to have this mommy makeover, by the way, um, since day one of meeting me, has pretty much made me feel like I'm the most beautiful woman he's ever met. You are. Thank you. It, it's really done wonders for my confidence. <laughs> so much so you had surgery. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get to that. Number three, I now see larger women like me in the media there's still a really long way to go, but I do see larger models, actresses, and just more people of size in general in successful roles. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Commercials, yeah. magazine covers, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Now even, they're still they're still they're bigger women, but they're still well proportioned, I guess. With like they're just bigger, but they're not you know with a with a belly. So they're they're bigger, yeah. I know compared what you're to what you've been seeing, yeah. Like some of the um, the clothing sites, which I've been on a lot lately, um, and I'm still I'm still considered plus size. I'm probably going to end up being like a size sixteen is probably where I'm going to end up landing. Um, which I know to a lot of you probably sounds humongous, but to me, it's actually a very normal size. <laughs> um, but I've noticed on the, a lot of the clothing sites, they actually have bigger women now that are modeling the bigger women clothes, mm-hmm. which is nice to see. But you're right, most of them still have flat stomachs. It's like they, they can have like big chubby arms, they can have big booties and big thighs, but the stomach is yep. flat. Yep. It's probably part of that slim, thick thing that you're Yeah, but that's about, not... Like a, a version of it. They look like that's a natural body. They probably just do a lot of sit ups or whatever. They don't, mm. they don't, their body, their their body matches. Yeah, their size well, or whatever. Some of them for it most does. of the part. Yeah, some of them does. Some of it doesn't. So anyway, you may be asking yourself if you've gotten more accepting uh, or to a more accepting place with yourself. Why did you decide to have this surgery? Well, I'm glad you asked. Well, nobody asked. You just <laughs> made your own question. Oh no, I know they're asking oh, in okay. their heads right now. Yeah. So I gave up the desire to be really thin a long time ago. At some point, probably in my early 30s, I finally accepted that I was just never going to be a small person. And like I mentioned earlier, I've been really healthy throughout my life, but there are some things that just never go back into place. Once you um, have weight gain and loss or childbirth, just things don't go back. And since my boobs were so incredibly ginormous. Incredibly ginormous. Yes. And my tummy pooch has been there for so long, it really limited what I could wear. Now, I know some people that have the very same issues that I have are comfortable wearing these things, but I just never have been. I've always been pretty conservative, pretty modest dresser, and I try to accentuate the things that I think look good and minimize the things that I'm not happy with. So 
I've never been able to wear anything with spaghetti straps. Never. Well, don't you get sauce all over your shoulders if you do that? I've never been able to wear anything strapless other than my wedding dress, but it had like industrial strength support built into it. <laughs> For your ginormous boobs? Yeah. I mean, like I had like 25 pounds of boobs. 22. Yeah, it was actually 22. Um, and if you're wondering why I know that, it's because when I have my mammogram, it shows you how much your boob weighs. Anyway, I've also never worn any crop tops, even though they're in style right now. Um, I've never worn shirts that meet at my pants. Like, all of my shirts are longer to hide my tummy pooch. And I've never worn robes. Why? Well, I didn't like the way my breasts would sag in them, and they made me feel self-conscious. And I bought you three robes for Christmas. I know. I was like, are you just trying to slap me in the face with these gifts? What is wrong with you? There were just a ton of things that that I would never allow myself to wear because of my self-consciousness about certain parts of my body. So... I guess I've kind of done some mental and physical work to get to the point where I am today. I've learned to accept my overall size and stature, even in some ways appreciate it. I mean, not every woman can stand up at a concert and see the stage. That's true. Or reach stuff on a top shelf for me. Right. But even after my acceptance, there were a couple of things that I knew that if I could just have put back into place would actually make my life happier. So that's why I decided to have surgery. Now, the surgery, it didn't make me perfect. Wait, hang on. You were already perfect before the surgery. I, You're so sweet. I know you think that, but I didn't. And there are still going to be things that I'll look at and I'll want to work on, and that's okay. Like now, my butt, it's so with this circumferential tummy tuck or lower body lift, um, it lifted my butt. And her butt crack. <laughs> her butt crack went all the way up to the back of her Bit of her shoulders of the Shut clock. up. It did now not. it's going back down to normal. <laughs> well, it's obvious that much of my gym routine will now include hundreds and hundreds of squats once I'm cleared for exercise. Um, because now my booty's flat. It's never been flat before, but whatever. Um, and I'm still a plus size woman. Like I said, this, this surgery didn't make me thin and that's okay. That wasn't my goal. My goal was to have a relatively flat tummy and beautiful perky boobs. So mission accomplished. Uh, cute little summer dresses with spaghetti straps. Here I come. Oh, it's my turn now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right, okay, so I got uh, I got a fun fact. Well, I don't know if it's a fun fact. It's just a fact. So, approximately ninety one percent of women are unhappy with their bodies and resort to dieting to achieve their ideal body shape. Wow. Unfortunately, only five percent of women naturally possess the body type often portrayed by Americans in the media. That's exactly what I was saying. Five percent. Yep. Of all the women in the world look like the models, but yet those are the people everybody wants to, that's what they use to advertise when you would think they'd want to, they'd want to be in this, in the same as the normal person, whatever the normal person is, you know, even you would think they, that's the models they would have because they would probably sell more clothes. Right. Exactly. It's just, um, so stupid. It's so stupid. You know what else is stupid? This is totally kind of, well, I don't know if it's totally off topic, but, um, the way that clothing is sized like oh yeah tell them that story yeah yeah okay so that was a shocker to me yeah so um you know men and women's sizing is different um usually it's it's like they almost try to make women feel bad about their size um like okay so I'll, I'll, i would say that it's getting better torrid uh which is somewhere that i shop a lot they are doing better because they've gone to like a one two three sizing 
thing, which is great because it makes you feel not quite as fat whenever you're buying your pants or your shirts or whatever. Um, but most places, like on women's clothes, clothes, they actually make you feel fatter. Like if you're shopping for your wedding dress, they're always sized really small. So if you typically wear a size 16, you got to get like a 20 size wedding dress. Um, there are lots, I have lots of examples of that, but usually they try to make women like mentally feel bad with the sizing. But men, I found out, so we're, we've been talking a lot lately about measurements and stuff because I'm measuring, I'm still swollen, trying to figure out kind of what my, my final measurements are going to be. Um, and Rob was like, uh, my waist is a 34. And uh, I was like, let's, let's measure it. So we measure Rob's waist and it's actually a 39. 39. It's a 39. 30, 39. But he wears size 34 pants. Yes. And I was like, well, are you just like squeezing into your pants? I no. mean, they always seem to fit. Yeah. So I took a pair of his 34 pants and I actually measured the waist with the um, with the tape measure. 39 inches. Yeah. 39 inches. But they, they sell them as a 34. And you know what? When she told me that, I got depressed. And all my life, it's been like this all my life. So my waist has been bigger, not knowing it. Mm-hmm. So when you did that, I was like, holy shit, I got almost a size 40 waist. Right. And it makes you feel bad, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Same thing women go through whenever they have to go exactly. buy a size 22 pants because the world thinks that they need to size things like that. So right. stupid. All right. Here's my closing joke. All right. So a woman's get on the bus with her baby. Okay. She gets on the bus and the driver says, holy shit, that's an ugly baby. So the lady's like, what? She walks to the back of the bus. She's, she sits down in the back seat next to this guy. And she's like, the bus driver... Just made me upset. And he goes, you should go up there and give him a piece of your mind. I'll hold the monkey for you. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening to us. Uh, if you struggle with your own body image issues, feel free to reach out. I mean, obviously, I'm no therapist, but I can be a friend. There's so much content that we could probably do, like 10 episodes on all of the different aspects of body image. If there was something specific that we didn't mention and you'd like for us to dive into it, let us know and we'll be happy to, to work that into an episode. Or if you just have commentary on anything that we said, we'd love to hear it. So again, thank you so much for listening to us. For relationship advice or to tell us how great we are, please email us at unchecked.af at gmail.com. Maybe you can share your, some before and after photos. Yes, I yeah. could do that on social mm -hmm. media. Yep. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, we can also be found at unchecked.baggage.co um, on Facebook by searching at unchecked AF. Our Twitter handle is at unchecked B A G G A one, or search unchecked AF on Instagram. And we're also on TikTok. Search for unchecked baggage. It's all one word. Thank you to Jessica at jessiebcreative.com for our awesome cover art. And thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to Unchecked Baggage. Thank you. And share. Please.